0: Hello and welcome to Our Dad is Wrong, the podcast where my brother Rocky and I discuss sports with our father, Vic. I'm son, Mike. Rocky.
1: I'm dad, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> I changing to change it up on you a little bit this I week. I know. It's yeah. very good, Mike. Very yeah. good. Very, very, yeah, very creative, let me oh, tell you. Yeah. Eh, not really. Uh... <laughs> I was being facetious. Anyway. <laughs> Look at you using big words. That's oh, impressive. hey, come on. You, it's right. a Saturday
0: afternoon. I'm not tired. <laughs> 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 you should be really uh, ready to go this oh, time. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready, pal. Let's go. All right, let's just jump right into it then. Uh, The Kyler Murray contract uh, was a lot of the talk of sports going on this week. Now, they had uh, a provision in there that he had to study at least four hours a week independently. Uh, It ended up becoming a much bigger story. They actually just took it out of the contract yesterday. But even still, the fact that they had to put it in, that's got to raise some red flags.
2: Yeah, I mean, the thing about Kyler Murray is, I mean, you kind of get why they offer him a huge contract because... He's not a great quarterback, but he's consistently a good quarterback, and with the quarterback market the way it is, if you have a quarterback who's good and improving, you want to keep him around. The problem with that four-hour study clause is if he's, if you're banking on his future production, if you're banking on him continuing to grow and improve as a quarterback and get better than he already is now so he can actually win a championship... Um, it's a bad idea to give that kind of a contract to a guy who's not already putting in the work, right? Like, they're kind of putting the cart before the horse here, and I think that that's what's kind of troubling. If Kyler Murray was already playing like Tom Brady, then fine, watch film, don't watch film, but clearly there's a lot of room for improvement with Murray, and if he's already battling with the team over how much work he's going to have to do, it doesn't really bode super well for him becoming that much better as a quarterback to earn that kind of money in my eyes.
1: The the banging you hear is the is the sound of Peyton Manning running in headfirst into a wall. <laughs> that that this guy would get this kind of contract and have to be told you got to study for four hours a week. I mean, Peyton Manning used to study for four hours a day. I'm sure. Yeah. They're you know, looking at film, looking at tendencies and stuff. This guy Murray is not good enough to to get away with that stuff. First of all, he's so undersized. He's got to be better than, yeah. than anybody else. Right. But I heard rumors literally six months ago that this guy was not a hard worker and his teammates were, were kind of pissed at him. Mm-hmm. He'd be the first one out, last one in for practice. And that's not the way to lead a team. And I, and, and he has been – the playoff games he's played in so far, he's been awful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, my feeling is I think they overpaid for this guy. I don't think he's going to be a championship quarterback. I, my, my prediction is the Cardinals will never win a championship with this guy. But uh, to give him that kind of contract to me, I mean, I don't know if their backs were against the wall because they, they, they basically got rid of their last, the, the last number one draft pick, uh, Rosen, for yeah. this guy. But oh, I that
0: was Yeah, that was the easiest
1: move in the world to do that. Well, but, but this guy hasn't proven to me that he's so great. Look, he's a great—you know what he is? I, I, I play on my fantasy teams a lot of times because he puts up good stats. Mm-hmm. But come playoff time, he's showing me nothing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't understand what they think the best-case scenario is here. Like, if, if he's not putting in the work, I mean, you, you see all the time athletes who get a giant contract and suddenly start putting in less work and, and don't really right. earn that contract because they've already gotten their money. So if you have that much of an issue with the work ethic of Kyler Murray already, and you have to put something in the contract saying, hey, you got to work a lot harder, right. but we're going to pay you a lot of money— um, I don't know. That just feels like a recipe for disaster. Like the guy's gonna work less, or he's gonna put right. in his four hours only because he has to. It's gonna cause resentment between him and the organization. Like it just feels like both sides are setting themselves up for failure here.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do. I agree with both of you a thousand percent. I, I don't think you want to put that into the contract. I don't think you want to give that guy that kind of money. But. I think from the Cardinals' perspective, they look at it as, okay, this guy's only 24 years old, so he's still maturing just as a human being. I mean, he's playing a a lot of video games, apparently, which, like, as you go on, as he starts to hopefully get that, you know, kind of that killer instinct, that will to win, that hopefully he'll stop doing that. He'll start doing kind of the things more. I think that they're hoping that if they can kind of instill these habits into him right now, that it'll help them moving forward. Because if he's not doing any of this studying and he's... he's... He's still a good quarterback right now, even without studying. So, to me, it's I I think they're banking on the fact that he's going to to age more gracefully, kind of show that maturity, and hopefully he can do it
2: before he gets hurt and before his legs give out on him. But who... who who kind of gets right. who gets a killer instinct for the first time when they're twenty five years old? Exactly. I mean that's the thing. Like exactly. You, yeah. Like if you're, I'm I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying I think that's what the Cardinals are.
1: Well, though. they're like, wrong. The... Yeah. They are. If are. you if you have a twenty four year old kid that is not dedicated enough to make himself better, what's going to make him better with a two hundred thirty million dollar contract when he's twenty seven or twenty yeah. eight? Nothing.
2: And honestly, putting that in the contract in the first place was like it was such an own goal by Arizona because right. like they, they didn't even need to expose that as being. An issue like we didn't even need to be talking about that whether that's right. in the contract or not like let's say that kyler murray doesn't you know do his four hours a week i mean are they going to dock his pay are they going to like make <laughs> right. a bit like like well, they would the, just be putting
0: themselves in a I hole in that wondering. situation too that was what right. i was running i was like were they going to try and like void the contract if he
1: didn't well do i the heard four hours yeah i heard, I heard that was talk of that that they were going to do that I'm, if, I'm But that's, a, sure, that's otherwise, an otherwise adversarial contract yeah why and would you do that
0: in the contract
1: yeah that's so dumb First of all, four hours a week is nothing for an NFL quarterback to study on your opponent. Yeah, I you know, agree. So, yeah. I mean, that, that to me is like you're giving him, okay, if you're telling him a finite number you got to do, that's all he's going to do. Right. You know, where his opponents right. are, are studying for 12, 15 hours on the on the opponent. Right. So I, I don't – you know what? This, this kid to me is – he should have played baseball. I know he made a ton of money here. He should have played baseball. Yeah, the, I, I don't, don't know. I'm, I don't
0: know. I'm just <laughs> saying he's wrong. He's got $240 million. Yeah, yeah I mean, look,
1: uh, I, I don't have anything against Kyler Murray
2: because with the current, his current work ethic has gotten him tons of money. He's the franchise quarterback of the Cardinals. I mean, I look, you know, you can fault him, you know, his character for not working hard enough, whatever, that's splitting hairs. But at the end of the day, it's Arizona's job to make sure that their players are motivated. And if they have a quarterback who they don't believe is going to be motivated, you shouldn't make him the franchise quarterback. And you definitely shouldn't put something in his contract right at the outset of making him the franchise guy that lets all the fans know, hey, we're giving him a lot of money even though he doesn't work hard enough. I, agree. Like, I just don't I see agree. the wisdom behind that at all.
1: And, and what's that locker room going to look like? Yeah, you know, if This guy's not working hard. I mean, you yeah. got you got, you know, linemen in there killing themselves. Yep. Yeah, I mean this guy this guy's acting like a prima donna wide receiver and you can't do that when you're a quarterback. Yeah, they're just poisoning
2: their own well here, which is really troubling. Because, And, I mean, again, like we already heard, like beginning of this year, end of last year, we were hearing that he had work ethic issues, that already he maybe had lost part of the locker room. I mean, right. this isn't going to help. This is the kind of thing that a team does if they're hoping to, like, dangle a guy out there and trade him maybe, or let people know that they're not happy right. with him. Like, it's just, it's totally incongruous with building a winning organization for me. And they're
1: I, in the t- toughest division of football.
2: Right, yeah, they can't yeah, afford well, to, I yeah. Think, yeah, but,
0: you know, the... Here's the the thing though, what do they do if if they didn't sign Kyler Murray to that contract? If Kyler Murray left, the Cardinals they think they're in a position to win right now. What quarterback are they getting? That so to ma- so Kyler make him Murray? a
1: franchise player for the next two years.
0: Yeah,
2: and, and, Let's fine. See how maybe he shakes he, and, out. Yeah, and if he doesn't, and maybe shake, he holds, by then you say you, you know what? See, see says, I don't
1: want to sign. I'm, I'm just saying there are, are there's other options. Look what happened in Cleveland. They had a uh, the number one pick in the draft, and bye bye. So they, they can get rid of guys. That's my yeah. concern. Yeah,
0: but yeah, but Cleveland also mortgaged their future with draft picks and the money on top of I mean, a guy who's going to be suspended for half the season. At well, least, but I you mean. don't.
1: But you don't know what's going to be around in two years. You just don't know. I I wouldn't let a guy hold no, a, right, fran- a franchise a lo- hostage like this. Yeah.
0: most of the time. It's very difficult to find a franchise quarterback without setting your your own franchise okay, I, back. Okay, but I don't know if this guy's a franchise years, quarterback, and they just gave him quarter of a billion I, dollars. I, yeah, I, I agree. I I agree. I don't know if he's going to be a franchise quarterback, but I think they're saying we'd rather gamble that he's going to turn into a franchise quarterback rather than giving up four first round picks for a guy who hopefully is also going to you know. Well, I'm not. I'm not,
1: I'm not. interested in giving a guy that kind of contract. That's more interested in playing, uh, uh, you know, Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, video. I, I, again, I do. I agree. I'm more just playing devil's advocate here. I'm just trying. To I don't think scared. so. I think you're giving him a pass. And I don't like that. Yeah. Gosh, they should have given him
2: $100 million right, <laughs> more. Yeah, so, get so, it. Yeah, him. yeah. So, so, sounds like you're really, really uh, <laughs> for Kyler Murray <laughs> here. No, I well, look, I, I guess the issue for me is... A contract like this makes Murray completely untradeable. I actually, like, Dad, were you the one who said that they should have put him on a franchise contract? Yes. I think that that would have been a better move because that way you don't have to put anything in the contract that says work harder. You're letting him know, look, you're on a show-me contract this year. you got to show us that you're going to work harder. But now, I mean, they're really stuck with Murray. And like you said, you never know where the the QB market's going to shake out. But to me, giving a big contract to Kyler Murray is like staying with 17 and Blackjack. It's like, technically it's good enough. You don't really want to do it you might win more often than you lose but it's like i don't know if you're if you're an nfl franchise you really got to be going for broke i just think you got to play your hand a little better but, than this i think you got to see what the
0: dealer
1: has there's a lot right. more things in i know there. but that's a good analogy <laughs> yeah. but they also don't forget and and this whole thing they guaranteed him 160 million i know it's guaranteed yeah, all oh this guaranteed God.
2: money going around to quarterbacks feels so risky to me, but I guess that that's what they're asking for in this
0: market. It's the Browns' fault. Uh, yeah. the other ones who gave to I was Sean thinking about, the about it this contract. week.
1: Michael had made a suggestion about six months ago we were talking, and I agree with him. You know, I'm sal- so smart. You don't even know what I'm going to say. You don't remember. But don't anyway, care. I, but sal- it doesn't matter. I'm great. The salary cap is killing a lot of teams that have to pay these quarterbacks. The quarterback should be exempt from the salary cap. Why? I don't think I said that this. That should be negotiated. I definitely didn't say this. I yes, disagree. you did. <laughs> I the sal- absolutely the did quarterback not. should be exempt from the salary cap. <laughs> Why would I say Have that? Have a special pool for quarterbacks so teams can compete and keep their players. I think that's a great idea. You told me that, Mike. I didn't. You and told me that, though. I think that's ridiculous. No, uh, yeah. Now we step up. Build the you team absolutely back. absolutely yeah, yeah. told me that. Even, even
2: if Michael did say it, I'm glad he's disavowing the idea now. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I such idea. A it's no, great it's idea. not. He's Why? A great He's a,
1: great idea. He's a member of the team. To, what are you talking about? don't have to lose their really good players uh, because of a salary cap. They don't have to get rid of linemen and receivers and stuff. That's what, that's what a salary a cap is. you right, got to make that's, decisions. That's, I know, that's the whole still point. Do. That's what the balancing act You still act do. Is. You still do. But the quarterback, the problem is some quarterbacks are making $5 million who are really good quarterbacks and not, they're not eligible for their contracts yet. And some quarterbacks are making $35 million. That right. screws up well, the team. Why is that a problem? It's just
2: the well, way yeah. that it works. Yeah. <laughs> like, some, just, some wide receivers
0: are getting $20 million a year, and some really good wide receivers are getting $2 million Yeah, it's fine. A if it, if Make it them works, exempt from it. Yeah, no one's forcing
2: these teams to pay the players. The team set the market. They're competitive, and they're choosing to pay these players a the lot because they give them a chance a to win. One.
1: Michael, I cannot believe you're disavowing this idea. I'm, I'm not disavowing anything. I didn't say this at all. You absolutely told me this six months ago. Absolutely. Where else would I get it from?
2: Mike, you must have been really drunk or something because I can't imagine you even saying this, but... this I, is, I would
0: never
1: do that. Yes. Yeah. This, this is a great example I, I, of why I, the
2: show is called Our Dad is Wrong. Yeah, exactly. I, this is an unfathomably I, 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 bad idea. No, next, no, no, i no, no. Next I'm, time I'm you guys stung, come over,
1: you go what? take out while I make some delicious dinner for us. Go ahead. Fine, next that sounds great. Fine. Win-win. Yeah. Win. Yeah. Well, really? <laughs> You don't like my cooking all of a sudden? All right, let's no, go. C- could, you, right. Could, you please, could you please still cook for me? Yeah.
2: <laughs> cooking up some pretty bad ideas right now.
1: <laughs> nice. All right. All, right. all, all right. right. Well, Mike, you told me that, and I'm going to stick to it, but I think it's a good idea. Go ahead. Next. Good.
0: I didn't say it, but anyway. Uh, so Soldier Field, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of things going on with that right now with the Bears. Uh, they, are, I think they just bought a whole bunch of land outside of the city of Chicago uh, to actually own their own stadium because Chicago owns Soldier Field. Uh, Chicago is offering to put a dome onto Soldier Field. We don't really know what's going on. What do you you guys want to see? Do you you guys know that? First of all,
2: Rocky's favorite team, the Bears. Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Do you guys know that Soldier Field only holds sixty one thousand people? I had no idea. It's a small stadium in the NFL.
2: I'm surprised that many people even want to see a Bears game. I
1: I had no idea. (laughs) Well, that's small. Yeah, I had
2: no idea. Well, I mean, no, no wonder that they want to move. I mean, they already bought land outside of Chicago. Sure. They're looking. To, I mean, this is all a ploy, obviously, to get them to stay within Chicago city limits. Um, um, I did,
1: the, yeah, when I was at, doing some research on this. They um, they did a renovation of Soldier Field in 2002 that cost almost 700 million dollars. Jeez, you know that's it's a lot of money. It's yeah, only 20 that's years a lot. ago, it's almost a new stadium. It's a new, the right, the new one apparently, the putting the dome on it is going to cost over two billion dollars. What? They put put yes, yeah, that's what they said to put the dome on it. Now the I don't not to get political, but they have one of the worst mayors in the history of the world, Lori Lightfoot in that city. He's, she's horrible. She should worry about all the fifty people getting shot every week and not worry about this stuff. But she had the audacity to say this week, and I quote, "The Bears should focus on being relevant past October." That's a really good way to keep them in Chicago is to say something like that. Well, I mean, and, it's true. I mean, you know. and, then, and then she said, "This is only noise. Like they're not moving." Why wouldn't they move? Why wouldn't they go build a new stadium and get out of there? Yeah, Chicago's I, becoming a, a pit like New York now. I mean, it would be noise
2: if they were saying, oh, we're going to move to uh, you know, Milwaukee or something, because they're not going to leave the area of Chicago. There's such an institution right, there. But, right. but moving just outside the city of Chicago, I mean, it feels like a no-brainer for them. Obviously, the Giants and Jets have been doing it for years, and it works well for them. Right. They still get the same fan base. It's probably much cheaper to build a stadium out there. They can build a much bigger one, and they don't have to worry about proposals like this. Uh, which is really it's, stupid.
0: It's not like it's an hour outside, like like where like the Braves built their new stadium. It, like that's like forty five minutes outside of the city limits in yeah. Atlanta.
1: Yeah, this is like and they're still there. The Braves attendance is, attendance right is higher to, than ever now, yeah. maybe because they well, won championship real, well, last year. Well, they're much year. better now, right? I mean, but like, but yeah. the point is that people will go to a stadium like that. Some these inner city stadiums sometimes just don't work anymore. Now you, with Chicago, if they if they built like like Rock said, there's a whole, on the new land. Tailgating, all that stuff becomes oh, yeah. way more. You know, you, it's much easier to do that than in an inner city stadium. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, I,
2: mean, I, I will say, I mean, that was something that I noticed when I saw a Pittsburgh Steelers game. Is you would think that that would be a great tailgating town, um, right. and I'm sure that there is tailgating that goes on between game or before games, but um, that stadium is right in the middle of the city, so there's not a ton right. of parking. There's people parking at hotels nearby and right. stuff like that. Right. So, I mean, I I'm, I I'm sure that again, there's probably tailgating at you know in Chicago too, but. If it's a little bit more of, like, its own thing, it's not right in the middle of the city. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of advantages to it. Well, and
0: right? that was, uh, you know, I remember when uh, they were building MetLife Stadium, you know, for, and they tore down the old Giants Stadium. Yeah. Um. You know, they were consider or the Jets were considering moving into Manhattan. Right. To, like, you know, Manhattan City proper, where right. Hudson Yards is now. And that was, like... You know, going to those games, going to Giants games, going to Jets games, like the tailgating is like half the experience yeah, of actually right. going to these right. games. As beautiful as that stadium probably would have been right on uh, the West Side Highway. And, you know, it would have been gorgeous with the, the views and everything. It's still you just you lose something when yeah. you're just going to watch the football. Game. Right. The fact that's that that's kind of the entire because you can just watch a football game at home. And frankly, right. that's it's as good uh, of all the sports. It's I think better. watching football as ho- yes. at home, probably you're, right. you're probably right. But like, you're right. Watching right, football it, at home is better than watching any of the other sports at home but, comparatively against what, going to the
1: stadium. You're right. The fact that a team only plays eight or nine home games a year. Right. You know, it, it is the experience. It's the going at nine o'clock in the morning and everybody's you know, cooking sausage and they're cooking steaks. And, right, uh, right. And you yeah. got the charcoal grills out. Yeah, down. yeah. And there's yeah. kids playing football in the in the area and there's music player. It really is a it's a nice experience yeah. to, to, to go to a football game. It beca- the, you couldn't do that for baseball because there's too many games. Right. But an inner city stadium, like what you said, Mike, in Hudson Yards would have been a great place to build a baseball stadium because there is no tailgating at a baseball stadium. Right. right,
2: right well, right. that's I mean, the Yankee Stadium's right in the middle of the city, and really City Field is too. And they yeah, just yeah, buy. yeah.
1: But I'm saying in Manhattan, if you had that yeah, with, yeah. The, with the with the the skyscrapers behind the outfield fence and stuff, would have been phenomenal. Yeah. But um, get back to the Bears. Why do they want to build a dome? This is a cold well, yeah. weather team. That's the elephant in the room. I, well, yeah. I, now, now to that point.
2: Uh, It is the case that it's a lot better to watch football on TV than it is to watch it in the stadium. So for the fan experience, putting a dome on top of the stadium, especially for those cold weather games, is probably good. But... If Lori Lightfoot wants them to be relevant past October, using that cold weather advantage is a pretty good way to do it. Dad, you were saying the other day that there was some 30-year stretch or whatever
1: that Tampa Bay never won a game below 32 degrees or yeah, something. Yeah, I looked it up. I looked it up. They, yeah. They've never won a game in the history of the franchise below 32 degrees or 0-13. Still, still? to this still? day? Still, t- yeah, today still, today. still day. now. To this yes. day, 0-13. So it's, you know, it's, a, it's an advantage. It's definitely yeah. an advantage, especially come playoff time if you're playing a warm weather team coming up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, Now, if they're going to have a retractable roof, which I guess for two point two billion, I would think it'd be retractable. So uh, that that may make sense, you know, for really severe weather in December and January, right? But But I don't look the 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 Vikings, you know, put have been in a dome for many years. But when I was a kid. The big advantage for the Vikings was playing outdoors. They had teams come up there, and if, you know, Bud Grant, the coach, was out there in short sleeves, and everybody else had you know Parkers and ski hats on. <laughs> yeah, you know, and Rock, as a Packer fan, you know what an advantage is Lambo. Oh yeah,
2: and, and trust me, all the Packer fans are laughing at this idea because yeah, we know what an advantage it is. It makes the Bears look like a very soft team, right? Um, right. And and it shows that they're sort of giving up a, a piece of their personality as a team. And and but Dad, you know what you were saying before about it being a retractable roof. I wouldn't be so sure that that roof, you know, even if it's just cold, there's no severe weather. You know, I went to an Astros game uh, earlier this month against the Royals, and it was, you know, 100 degrees. It was a hot day, but they have a retractable roof. And same thing with the Rangers when I went last year. When it's hot, they put the roof on. You know, when it's it's anything that's sort of uncomfortable, they're putting the roof up. And, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I get it. Again, you want a better experience for the fans, but the Bears are definitely going to be tempted if it's just a cold day, no snow, no yeah, yeah. hail, or anything true. like that. Yeah, true. Right. That, that
1: dome's going to be up. Yeah, and it I
0: does mean, become they're, – they're, they're in the business of making money. Well, that's Bear. true. I mean, and, and that's – you know, they, it's they, owned they, by the city – They are trying to care about the fan experience, but to right. me, it doesn't – that doesn't necessarily outweigh the – win. I mean, the winning is going to bring more fans in than anything else. Yeah. yeah. To be and like, it's not
2: like they're not filling that stadium either. I mean, fans are going. Right. Yeah. The only, the, thing,
1: yeah. the only thing I'm thinking of, if the city owns it, it becomes a multi-use facility. You know, you have concerts, you have soccer games, you have all the stuff, you know, during cold weather that you can you monetize the stadium. Yeah. But now, now you're looking at the NFC North, you know, with the Lions, the Vikings, and the Bears playing indoors. Yeah. They're, in essence, yeah. warm-weather teams. Yeah. You know, the yeah, Packers true. have a huge advantage then. Yeah. So. Well, and you see it now. I mean, the way uh, the Lions and the
0: Vikings are going, really, is like – Kind of their team strategy is more, you know, greatest show on turf style, right, like, right. you know, kind of these yeah. receivers, these more deep passes, those sorts of things, rather yeah. than the kind of historical, you know, right. Ground but, and yeah, ground. Then, look at,
1: then look at the Lambo, the Lambo in in December when it's ten degrees out and uh, you know uh, on grass, and that that's all negated. That's yep. all negated. Yeah, yeah, which, I, now, which I'm yeah, all too happy about. Now look, the modern NFL
0: is much more based around passing. And it works for the Packers to not have it because they have Aaron Rodgers, and it's yeah. like it doesn't matter where Aaron Rodgers is playing; he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. So, yeah. y- you know, it it might just be different in to play a more modern NFL game without arguably the greatest quarterback of all time on your team.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm-, I'm a big
0: Justin Fields. So I think Justin Fields is going to be really good, but even still, it's
2: I think Justin Fields is going to continue to show why the Bears have never had to worry about the quarterback cap hit situation. The data is so <laughs>
1: insolent. <interested> in <laughs> <laughs> Rock, could you ever see the Packers putting a dome on Lambeau? No, uh, they, no, no they, it'll never happen. I, 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 it never I, happen. And, and the yeah. and the
2: fact that the team is owned by the fans, I think, right. is you know among the re- you know they're they're never going to move True. stuff like that. I think that's part of the reason they'll never have a dome as well. Those
1: people up that part of Wisconsin are hardy people. They, oh yeah, they, they love that. Yeah. They love that outdoor stuff. So oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And they're driving hours, you know,
2: from Wisconsin for right. that experience. I mean, nobody right. wants a dome on that stadium, right? The the Packers are
0: a whole totally different animal but yeah um all right so the ml let's uh let's move on now let's go to the mlb uh the international draft uh there was some ideas out there about about them you know doing a draft instead of the way they do it now with the uh, the the pool um what do you guys think is going to happen with that because that got shot down
2: yeah i mean well it seems like it's dead i mean in terms of what's going to happen with it it doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon um It's interesting. You know, I'm kind of of two minds. Obviously, MLB has the amateur draft, um, which you know every year is going to have tons of eligible players because there are so many college baseball teams. You know, the United States is such a baseball player factory. Um, But baseball is also a very international sport. And so when we talk about international players, a lot of the time these are players who are already playing professionally in Japan or already playing professionally in Latin America – Um, You know, it's not professionally, you know, they're not getting paid the same as they are in MLB, um, but these are guys who are choosing to, you know, leave a paid situation for MLB. Um, So I guess, you know, I I wonder with the international draft, you know, is the talent going to fluctuate too much from year to year? You know, is it better to just make it so that teams can participate in international players sort of to varying degrees year to year I would say the international draft is a good idea. I would like to see it implemented. But I also kind of understand why there's a little bit of resistance to it. I mean, it fell apart over the amount of money that MLB wanted to put toward it versus the players, or, uh, you know, versus the players union. Um, And I think MLB is probably looking at it more that way. Like, we don't want to invest as much money every year in a pool where, you know, we're relying on uh, the baseball development of other countries and other leagues that we don't really have any, uh, uh, you know, uh, guidance over, um, that maybe they feel like they don't want to invest as much money in that. I mean, I I don't know. MLB is not very good at growing itself, especially since Manfred took over as commissioner. So maybe this is a mistake. But I feel like that's got to be their thought process. It's just the amount of money that they're committing to international players. But it still seems like a draft is a good idea.
1: I just don't understand why these the, the international players can't be just included in the MLB draft. Like, if you have a kid in Japan who looks like he's good, why can't he be drafted? I, I've or, never
0: understood that either. I don't, need, I don't get that's, it. I, I, I just I don't, don't get I don't, it. Yeah. I, maybe it has something to do with the amount of rounds or yeah. like because you need to fill out.
1: Minor league, I don't know. But, but so I, what? I, I they can sign these guys as free agents anyway. I, I'm not saying you go draft. You can't draft guys playing in, in the Japanese league or the South Korean league. They're professionals, but those before they get there there's kids playing high school baseball there and there's certainly kids in, in the uh, in the Caribbean and South America playing baseball just include right. them in the
2: draft well That's so so I,
1: I think part of the reason is that a lot of these players who get developed uh, especially
2: in Latin America are developed in baseball schools that are typically run by these teams so like the Royals have a baseball academy in the Dominican Republic They were so, the first
1: ones right rock they were, uh, they,
2: they were one of the first yeah, yeah um but you know it's not like these kids are coming up in school Playing baseball, Um, you know, a lot of, you know, especially poorer countries, it's usually, you know, kind of organizing themselves or, you know, hoping to get into one of these baseball academies. It's not as structured as it is in the United States. And so I think part of the reason is because the teams are the ones making the investment in the scouting and the development um, that they feel like there should be then some kind of ability to pick and choose those players. The other thing I think to keep in mind is. In these other countries, MLB has to independently keep good relations with these countries in order to make sure that these players can come over in the first place, right? MLB wants to be friends with the Japanese baseball leagues so that they can kind of exchange players. They don't want like a PGA live situation there. So I feel like that's part of just maintaining the peace, is having to be separate.
0: Well, and you really, you couldn't have, you're right, like those Japanese, like the big-time Japanese players, like Shohei Otani, like, could not have been in one of these drafts because no. you don't want him. Well, because cause one, he probably wouldn't have even come to America at all if he couldn't, like, choose where he was going to go. If he was going to be in the draft, why wouldn't he just say, well, screw it, I'll just stay here in the Japanese league and just be the greatest Japanese player of all But that's okay. A time.
1: That's okay. I mean, so it's a big deal. So he plays for Japan, and then – when he becomes well, a superstar, it's a big deal well, because you because you
0: lose players. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's okay why. for it, him.
1: But he'd come eventually. He's going to come here. He just wanted to start. He started of the Japanese. No, well, well, my, what, what Mike saying, saying is, I'm saying
0: yeah. if he's if he's included in the draft, he can't choose where he's going to. Like, but I don't I'm not saying he include, to come and
1: play for the Tigers. You can't include professional players in the draft. I, that's my point. The guys no, that are no, playing I know, the Japanese know, pro leagues. You not They're not part of the draft. Well, but then, then
2: who only the kids are. But who are the, you ki- including the draft? In a lot of these countries, where it's not playing high school baseball. They, but Dad, they're not playing. That's in, pro, yeah. in other countries, they're not playing high school baseball. A lot of these in kids Japan, don't even go to high school. They
1: are. They certainly well, are.
2: Okay, but Japan and South Korea have robust professional leagues where guys are going to go and start out. Very ra- very rarely is someone coming out of high school in Japan and going directly to the States. They play professionally there first and then enter the international draft. They make more money that way. They have a little bit more of a safety net that way. But what Michael's saying is, yes, it's it's fine for the players if they decide to stay in Japan versus MLB or whatever, but this is MLB who's deciding whether to create these rules. MLB wants to incentivize Shohei Ohtani to come play in the United States because it grows the game here. So they want rules that are going to bring people over. And I, and I get Michael's point, right? Like if Ohtani had to go to the Royals or the Tigers, probably wouldn't have been as attractive than getting a big lump sum to go play in L.A.
1: Yeah, but I'm not saying change anything with the professional players. You, you pay your posting fee, and if they accept it, then you can negotiate with the player. I mean, that's that doesn't change. But then, what does? But then, there's no players really that would be included in that draft. Sure, the high school players, the high school play, they they, they get drafted. They, they go through. They have a minor league system over there. But these we are pl- can, we can scout those guys and draft them too. But these are players that aren't in the
2: pipeline. That like basically what you're saying is change the system and then have these players who typically aren't in the pipeline now internationally. Like somehow they're just going to go to MLB before they go to Japan. Like why would they choose to do that? Because for money, they can make more money here. No, well, no, because they're more likely to wind up in the minors here and make no money than to you know, play the majors, majors in, in Japan. Japan
1: too. They're going to be in minors in Japan also. No,
2: because Japan is not as competitive. You have a much better chance to make the majors in Japan. So it makes more sense to All make right, the majors so, in Japan, show what you've so got, then come to the States.
1: So if you don't think you could sign him, don't draft him. But if you, if you draft him, try and sign him. You're going to get a huge bonus to come play here in the minor leagues for a couple of years. If he's that good, he'll, he'll make the majors.
2: But you get a bonus in Japan. To, I, do, I don't understand what incentive you think you're creating for Japanese high schoolers to come to America because they want to ha- play in the big leagues. But they probably won't. They have, uh, this is not the way. Like, there's a reason why the way it works now is
1: the way it works now. Like, yeah, but you're, you're not going to draft players who are okay. You're only going to draft kids that are really phenomenal. They can already try and sign those players, and they don't. No, They can't. Yes, they no, can. They can't. Why? Why well, they can't, can't they? Can. Of course they because can. If they you have a deal with Japan that they can't. if They can't sign them. It's the same as any player who gets posted. Why wouldn't they be able to be posted? They could be. Po- you only post a player that you own. A Japanese team can only post a player that's playing for them.
2: I don't understand what what you think is changing in this scenario that is suddenly going to make these players interested in going to the. Like I just I can't wrap because my head they around. They want
1: to play in the major leagues, but they already
2: can. They can enter into the draft now if they want. Why can't no, I can enter into the draft? We don't draft
1: players from Japan and South Korea. If they're not professional players, anybody can enter into no, the draft. No. Have you know of any players from Japan and South Korea that have been drafted? No, because there's no incentive for them to do that. I'm explaining to you, there's there no is. incentive. No, there's there not. is not. The incentive yes, is for them to stay in Japan until they're professional. If you have a phenomenal Japanese player, a kid, and he gets drafted in the first round, he's going to get millions of dollars to come here and play before he goes in the minor leagues. He's going to get a signing bonus that's millions of dollars. What do you think blocks
2: him from entering the draft right now? There's no rule against drafting anybody in the world
1: that you want is not already a professional baseball player. There is. That's why they're going to put an international draft together.
2: I, you're wrong. I'm
1: sorry, I'm sorry oh, you're, oh, you're, you're oh, wrong. No, okay, okay. Well, I'm what do wrong. you want me to say? I mean, you're just saying stuff that's made up. I hey, can enter the draft if I want. Up. They just were putting an international draft together so I could draft international players.
2: Because they have deals with these other countries in place already. The whole posting is not something MLB invented. There's it's something about they... posting with the draft.
1: There's nothing to do with posting. Oh draft. my god.
2: can, can, can we can <laughs> we move on? Why why are we even doing a sports podcast? That doesn't know what he's talking
1: about. <laughs> I was having a lot of fun just watching <laughs> that, I want to be honest. Michael. They cannot draft international players. Is that correct? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm actually not sure if well, they why, why would they start an international draft if you can already do it? Well, I think
0: that's, that is the point is that. Yeah. They, no, 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 I I think the point would be a completely, at least because the international players would not want to be part of that same pool of money that they're in now or that the current MLB draft is in now. It's a. It's already a separate pool of money that's going towards the international players. It's just a it's different a way of getting the players pool, on the team. But it's not a draft. You can't draft. Right. I mean, those no, no, players. I know that's what I'm saying. No, wait, no, that's what I'm saying. We, I'm saying the financials of it are are such that if they get entered into the regular MLB draft, now the amount of money that each guy is like, so now you're you're extending the uh, uh, the draft into theoretically you know twice as many players. Right. Right. So. But are they going to then double all the salaries for all the slots right. and stuff? Right. No. That, that the, the same the draft
1: you have now. Those players are going to be drafted, but that's but, that's, but there's so a lot of money the MLB, involved. But then
0: the but then then the MLB all the teams are putting in two hundred million dollars less into all the international prospects that they're getting. Right. That's oh. the point. Okay. So. So,
2: so the so players yeah. get way less money. <laughs> yeah. Right? The, right. the players' union is <laughs> negotiating that. Wait a minute.
1: Wait a minute. So, you put the, the play the players drafted the first round, so they're going to get what they get. If there's st- how many dra- how many rounds of the draft are right? Rounds. Well, does the union? But the player, but the players who would have gotten a
0: million dollars getting drafted, or, or you know, two million dollars getting drafted twentieth overall, that guy's moving down to fortieth overall now. Now he's going to get but somebody's dollars. Right, but they're—or but, but so they can what? just do it right now where a guy is 20th and the international player gets this other money. Yeah, so the, like
2: the, the players' the play- union is interested in getting as much money for all the players right. as possibly can. They're not just representing the first-rounders. They want right. to make sure that there's money being allocated to these well, how players. how much do you
1: think guys are getting from the fifth round on? $10,000? They don't get much? But the players' union
2: still exists to protect the amount that they get, and they're fighting for—they've been fighting for more for years. And
0: again, it's it's so those guys who are going in the second round are going to drop to the fifth round. They're going to be losing millions of dollars and going down to almost nothing. Well,
1: so, what, so let me ask you something. So why did the NFL used to have 30 rounds of draft? Now they have what, eight? How come that happened? Seven. Seven. How come that
2: Seven, happened? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I guess it was collectively bargained. I don't know.
1: I guess it was collectively bargained that way. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what right, but to I'm, tell you. But I'm saying. That's, they, they, that, so, right, but then why would so you sign free agents? You draft in the draft, and then you sign free agents. Right, the way yeah, that I it works know, now it doesn't help this, the players. But this all started from, from this that you just argued for the system
2: that exists now. This all started from you saying that you should just include the international players in the existing it's, draft.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I'm exactly. That with that? All right. All right. Well, either, right. I don't but, see anything wrong because with the play, that because the players are losing
0: money. Why would they ever? Yeah, you're not
1: losing money. The same amount of money is being spent, and then you sign, not. and then after that you're signing free agents. You got to give them right. money. Like Dad doesn't right, see anything was, wrong with Dad it because yeah, as the guy sitting the on
2: financial. as the guy sitting on the couch watching baseball it doesn't affect his life, so, so he doesn't see anything wrong with it. I I don't, I don't think you understand the financials
1: of it. Oh yeah, um, okay, I'm sorry. You two geniuses do <laughs> clearly. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. So anyway, all right, uh, uh, let's
0: uh, let's stay in baseball, but uh, get off of this. Don't get me aggravated on a Saturday afternoon, topic. please. Yeah, that's yeah, really it, tough yeah, to yeah, do. That's secret uh, time
2: Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> all right. So the trade deadline is coming up for the MLB. We've already seen a couple of trades. Luis Castillo. Uh, to the broke my heart. Three yeah. Three of their top five prospects went back. That to, was a great, uh, a great deal for the Reds. Great. The deal Reds, for The yeah. Reds. When you read about uh, those
1: kids I got. Holy cow.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you had to do that if you're yep. them. It was a good deal uh, for Andrew both. Andrew Benintendi,
1: teams. obviously, going
2: from Rockies Royals to mine and Dad's Yankees. Yep, uh, we good. we obviously got a uh, a King's ransom for him. We got like your uh, uh-huh. your number 25, 30, and forty prospect or something. I,
0: I I had heard of one of the guys. Yeah, well,
2: look, th- but like I think because he was a high draft pick and not because he's like done
1: anything. But still, hey, Look, yeah. th- you know who knows the kids. Could, one of them could turn out to be Clayton Kershaw. You don't know. But, well, yeah, that's the right. That's the point. The Royals but, are going to uh, lose him for nothing. If they, it, got, yeah, they, ri- they got rid of a guy who is, was was the future in Kansas City, but he's really going to help the Yankees. You know, yeah, no, really, he's what yeah. the Yankees needed—a guy that can put the bat on the ball, play good defense, steal a base. He's what they needed. Uh, you know, if I, oh, he's if I, a great, great hitter, great player. Yeah, right. I would put him batting second, Lemayo first, him second. Yeah. then move Judge and move everybody down one, and uh, the, really lengthens the lineup. Really yeah, does. And, I, I, you I, get, and you get rid of that stiff Gallo.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but but I honestly, it's like uh, from a Royals fans' perspective, people were very upset about it because obviously we didn't get any name prospects back. Right. But to, but to your point, uh, we have a history, especially in the past few years, of just losing guys and getting nothing for them because right. we, we hang right. on to them too long. Well, so all, yeah.
1: all the World Series guys that happened to him, right, right, exactly, yeah.
2: almost yeah. all those guys, yeah. and, right. and those World Series teams were formed by a lot of those kinds of trades where you know we trade away a guy like Zach Grinke and you know we get like Lorenzo Kane back and he turns it. you know it's like you never know right. which guys are going to turn right, out well right, right. so so yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I don't know of lorenzo kane as a
0: prospect but i don't think he was a particularly super highly rated prospect yeah but like
2: like he was fi- yeah he was a big surprise he a when good, he played yeah, as like well good, as he right, played yeah. right he got DFA right.
1: would recently
2: uh well yeah he's not playing that well anymore yeah but, but uh, it was great yeah. for the
1: Royals. You're right. Yeah, but that's what you I mean,
2: really, when you're the Royals, you want to go for quantity over quality in the minors. You're hoping right. for guys who are going c- to come up and stick. Just kind of put one of those teams together again. So, you know, it broke my heart to see Ben Benintendi go. Not as much because he was one of the anti-vaxxers. But, um, but I think it's just- anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's true. He got oh, it as yeah. soon as he went to New York. Um, but but I think it's more frustrating just because it goes to show the state of the franchise. Like, in a winning team, a winning franchise with a winning tradition, you expect to get more back and you expect to be building on momentum. Right. Here, we did what we should be doing in our current situation, which is throwing as much as we can at the wall and seeing what sticks, and it's just frustrating that we're still there, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think Castillo signing with the, the Mariners is huge is for the Mariners. Oh, Trading. it was great for both yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was
0: – and you know, I'm. I was kind of surprised. The Mariners are like going they're for, going it. for, like, it. So, yeah, so all in yeah. on on this season already. They well, should the playoffs, um, they're in the playoffs. And, I, and right you know now. what? Yeah, like I can't. I can't blame them for. I mean, after this winning streak and everything that they went on, I mean, they got. I mean, Julio Rodriguez is. That dude looks like he's going to right. be, like, maybe Griffey. Like, yeah. He's, like, looks yeah. like, you know, I mean, with the Mariners and everything. Such a, again, he, like, he's got such a beautiful Com- swing from down. a right Calm down about Griffey. I'm calm just down. saying. I just, okay. th- I, no, you, like, I mean, you know, Gr- the, Griffey we're started proje- out. We're, it's obviously hyperbole. projecting. It. It's obviously projecting out. Well, but he's having one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's going to be a 30-30. Well,
2: yeah, yeah, he's a part huge part. prospect. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's not like this is. Stand back,
1: pal. Stand back.
2: Oh, Dad, Dad thinks he's... My, oh, yeah, he's oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. smart. Oh, yeah, he's not going to be Ken Griffey he's, Jr. Yeah, real ballsy. What yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. saying, he looks real good. I know. Well, I'm not saying he's
1: right. literally Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. Maybe he will be. I don't know, but... I do anyway.
2: feel like the Mariners are America's
1: team right now, and I'm glad that they are going for it. They they are um, they're going to be tough in the playoffs with those three pitches, right? They got yes. Robbie Ray... They got Castillo, yeah, yeah. and they got a third guy. I don't even know his name, but he's supposed to be very good. So you have three really good stars in the playoffs. You could win any playoff series.
2: Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. that's the key. That's why Castillo is such a good uh, addition for them, I think. Yeah,
1: That's the killer for the Yankees. That's why I wanted the Yankees to get him, because the Yankees right now, as constructed, are going nowhere. They, they don't have the starting pitching. They just don't. You know, the bullpen's a little decimated, too, but the guy, they'll have guys coming back. But they have guys that have thrown – Michael, you and I have talked about this. Guys that have thrown, like – 90 or, or 80 or 90 innings in the last couple of years, now that are depending on those guys to pitch 180, 190 innings. It's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do
2: think their offense looks good. Obviously, Ed Benintendi to that lineup. Aaron Judge looks like a, a you know MVP contender, although probably not. I think uh, Alvarez uh, on Houston probably is the MVP right now. But Judge is playing so well, he's kind of carrying that lineup. And the judge I, is the MVP. More you than Jordan Alvarez. Runs. Hey, uh- well, Jordan Alvarez hit like three sixteen with thirty home runs. Got like an eleven hundred well, OPS okay. or something. Uh, Judge is batting yeah, almost three hundred forty one home runs. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, leading the league, leading the majors in RBIs.
2: He's doing great, but I think Jordan That's, Alvarez is the MVP right I, now.
0: I, I I think as of right now it's, it's Judge,
2: but I do think it's
0: between Judge and Alvarez and this is the, still show and still Shohei Otani. Yes, I mean, yes, still, uh, of
1: course right there. he's yeah. Judge he's right Judge, Judge the new Jeter for Rocky. You know he doesn't like him because he's a good guy. <laughs> no, Judge is a much better baseball player than Derek Jeter. Oh, I just, just don't think he's going to no. win the MVP <laughs> this year if things keep going All the way right. they are. All right, okay, but you know what? Um, there's a lot of relief pitchers out there that are available, and uh, that's as a Yankee fan, I'd love to see. You know, I love to see them get is. Um, it's Gregory Soto from the Tigers. Oh, yeah. You know, he's a phenomenal, you know, they can move right to late inning guy, and that would really help the Yankees a lot. Bullpens win playoffs. I know. I yeah. know. But what, what do you I think mean, of Otani There's, there's, Otani. there's, there's Otani. other. What do you think? you going to well, be traded, Otani? Yeah, that was the Otani. most interesting
2: story, yeah. I think. I could see him being traded just because the Angels seem like they're going nowhere. Like, they went all in on Trout and Otani. Trout's right. obviously been having injury issues. You know Otani, You know it's like the meme that's going around where it's like every game Otani does something that hasn't been done in a hundred years. Trout it's, hits three home runs, mm-hmm. and you know they lose nine to three. Like that, that well, feels like right. their
1: their destiny. The reason I think that it's a chance of him being traded is because Trout's back now. Apparently his back is pretty serious. His back injury. Yeah. That they say it could be like a David Wright with the mess that he just can't play anymore. Yeah, like it's, a, it's a degenerative kind of thing. I
0: mean, that'd be real tough for sure. I mean, so if, the,
1: if if they if the Angels know that they could say, well, what, you know, what are we holding on to Otani for? You know, let's get as many prospects as we can for him and rebuild.
2: Yeah, at that point, you got to rebuild today, right? Right, right, and, right and and right. you can get an entire farm system for Otani. Oh my God, I, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's if we see Otani
0: and uh, uh, Soto both traded, not Gregory Soto, uh, right? Juan, Juan Soto, Soto, yeah. Honestly. Yeah, if we say uh, Sh- Otani and Juan Soto both traded. I mean, that would be, like, have we ever seen a trade deadline like that before? No. Where, like, two guys of that kind of caliber? I I can't remember seeing one guy who's, like, you know, an early 20s, uh, you know, potential, I I don't want to say any name above, like, I don't know, Tino Martinez, I guess, (laughs) or whoever dad's going to yell
2: at me
1: for. (laughs) Um, If Otani gets traded to the Mets, they win in the World Series. No, no doubt in my mind. I mean, if Otani
2: gets traded to any
1: winning team, he's well, the, the MVP Why would the Mets, the Mets more get Otani because, rather than because you know Degrom is still up in the air, but he comes in and they have Scherzer and Otani as a one-two punch pitching, and all of a sudden you stick him in the middle of the lineup behind uh, Al- uh, Alfonso, yeah, and and you got you know a, front, a power hitter that to protect him. Yeah. Yeah. I think. See, I think soda would make more sense
0: for them. I think the Mets have plenty of starting pitchers. I mean, they, they still don't. have Taiwan Walker. They still have Chris Bassett. They still have David
1: Peterson. I, I mean, they they have good.
0: There's good depth on the There's stuff. nobody Peterson
1: could, just got sent to the minors.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, he—they haven't been it's been starting him. He was, well, in the, he I was out I of mean, the bullpen. I don't know what. Well, I think they want him to, to start. I mean, that's Clark Schmidt in the minors, your boy for the Yankees. I love
1: Clark Schmidt. I bring him up. I right know now. you
0: do because they, but they sent out to the minors because he wouldn't start in the majors right now.
2: Mike, I just have to say, there's nobody who makes more sense for any team than Shohei Otani because Agree, when you Rock. trade for Shohei Otani, you're getting two amazing players—a pitcher yep. and a hitter. That's it. Well, that's but it. well,
0: f- five days of hitting and one day of pitching. And I mean, you get Soto for seven days of hitting. I mean, that's it, it's. I, I understand yeah, but the he you know, played. It's, it's five not day, like you're getting twice as many. Play, they're only playing five days. As many games as five days
1: of hitting a week. He hit 46 home runs last year. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a phenom. Let's face it. I mean, yeah. He's, he's phenomenal. It, Can you imagine yeah. him in New York. He is. They they they, they, named, they they renamed the Empire State Building after him.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they start start calling it Otani Stadium. They finally get rid of all the Jackie Robinson stuff in that yeah that right, stadium. That's right. No, <laughs> I would, would I good.
0: would still I would still get. The guy who's five years younger, personally, in Soto. I, look, I don't think I anyone would complain about getting Soto. Yeah, yeah, right. Look, we're splitting hairs. We're talking about two yes. potentially generational yes, players. Yes, of course. Right. If,
2: if the Mets or any winning team get either of those players, their chances of winning the World Series increase greatly. I think Otani right. is a once in a generation player who makes any team that he goes to immediately better in a way that no other right. player can.
0: Well, well, Dad doesn't think so because the Angels haven't made the playoffs, so
1: he hasn't had
0: any actual value as a player up to this. That's true. Well, good point. Good point. Why would,
1: he, if, why would they be trading him if he, if he's going to help that fr- the franchise? Stinks. It nothing to do well, with. Well, why player. would anybody
0: trade for him? He's never made the playoffs. It, that's yeah, that's true. Player
1: though, nothing to do with the player. It's 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 the team. <laughs> and this guy has done something nobody in baseball has ever done. Yes. And Babe Ruth was a great pitcher, but he wasn't a great hitter until after he became a hitter. Right. This guy's doing it at the same time. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. So. And, and he's only twenty eight. Right. He just turned twenty eight. I mean he's got a lot of years left. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I, let I, me ask you something. Yeah. What do you think if it comes to if it comes to uh he gets a little older and you gotta make a choice, pitching or hitting, what do you guys think he should do? Hit.
0: I think it depends. well, it's also very dependent. Like if he can't do both, why? Is it a shoulder issue? Is well, true. That's issue? a really good point. It, I mean, why can't well, he do just both
1: you know you'll be able to maybe maybe he can be a relief pitcher at some point. I'd rather him hit two, Rock. Yeah, this guy rather than the lineup every day. He's that good. I think I think hitters bring you more value in the regular season, just because they're playing every
0: day. I think pitchers give you more more value in the postseason. Yeah, I, I, I agree, I, I agree I, with yeah. that.
1: I think
2: you know unless there's an injury that really shuts him down from pitching. I think as he gets older, maybe what you do is you bring him in as like a reliever. You know, if he, especially if he's playing. Well, wait, can you still do a double switch? Well, you or you, he? Yeah, yeah, you still can. Yeah. When, so when he's pitching, yeah, there's still a DH in the game, right? Well, there's a DH in the game all the time now. Right, but I'm saying this. Well, but,
0: you know, you don't have to use a DH. You can hit him while he's pitching right. if you want right. to. Yeah, yeah, but right. you
2: need to do a double switch in order to do that, don't you? Isn't that no, the they rule? A, they made a not special not a, rule for the, him, I not think. Not at the beginning
0: of the game. At, at, the at the outset of the game, you don't need to do that.
2: No, but what I'm you saying is... have a pitcher. Yeah, but in
0: the you, middle of a game, you want to take him out and put, add him into the
2: lineup. No, no, no. What I'm saying is he's in the lineup. Um, you know, your bullpen's gas. You need him to come in and throw a couple innings. So right. you change him from whatever left field or DH to pitcher. You would need to do a double switch to do that, right? Well, and, I think he, and he could stay he, in the lineup. I, yeah, I yes, think yes, if yes, he's a yes, DH
1: yes, and yes. he comes at the pitch, you lose the DH then. Oh, yes, okay. The yeah, DH. that makes
0: yes, sense. You lose the DH, right. but but yes, you can still do. You right. can still have him pitch right. and hit.
2: Right. So maybe you make him a closer, and then that way could, you don't have to worry about it for could. the rest of the game. No, that's I, not. I that's not a bad
0: idea, actually. That's actually not a bad idea at all. That would actually that would work pretty well. Yeah, you know
1: the All cu- right. the Cubs uh, be un- the cut the, cu- the Cubs are going to be unloading everybody. So um, I like to see the Yankees get David Robinson back. He, I think he'd be good. Yeah, the he's having a real nice. He's having a real nice year too. Very good year. But you know Wilson Contreras yeah. is going to be available. You know for some team too. So I think the I, And I've heard I've heard Wilson Contreras
0: mm. and Ian Happ are both like gone. Like yeah. I heard there's like oh, there's really? no chance that he can stay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I've heard uh, I've also heard Noah Syndergaard is
2: uh, yeah I've seen that traded
1: also by the Yankees. Yeah.
2: He's been yeah. having a pretty decent year. No, he's been he's been decent. He had a bad May, right. I think. He's made, he's the, Yankees, good. He's the Yankees
1: lit him up when they faced him.
2: Oh, well, as long as the Yankees <laughs> yeah. hit him one time, there then I go. guess he's a bad at it. Well, then trade him to the Yankees and never have to face him again. Uh, he wouldn't cut his Fair. hair. He's
1: not coming to the Yankees. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't have a beard. Don't worry. You, you
2: do understand
0: the trade deadline is more than just about the Yankees, right? There's a lot of <laughs> other teams. Well, I been going
1: over the teams. You know who I think is a, is a good trade guy is uh, Alex Colomay, the relief pitcher for the Rocky. He's available. He's very solid. Yeah, he'd be good. I have no idea how he's doing
2: this year. Is he doing? Okay? I think he's doing very well. He's a good pitcher. Yeah, I assume he's doing well. But yes, he is a good pitcher.
0: He is a good pitcher. Uh, I mean, uh, the other one that I don't think we've we even mentioned yet is uh, uh, Frankie Montez. Who's oh yeah, from the, from the A's. He's awesome. The Raiders. Yeah, Raiders. The a's. yes, from the A's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a really good pitcher as well. I mean, he's. Uh, uh, I think, you know, it, it, it stinks to lose out on Luis Castillo for all the teams that are the Mariners. But if you got Montez, I mean, that's not a bad yeah. consolation. Prize. Yeah, he's
1: very good. Yeah. Well,
0: we'll see. We will see. Uh, all right, so let's move on. Uh, let's go, go to our list for this week. Uh, every week we do a list, sometimes sports, sometimes not. This week we're staying in pop culture. Uh, and we are ranking our favorite Star Wars movies of the numbered Skywalker trilogy. So we're going from episode one, episode, episode nine, within those, none of the other, no Rogue One, no Solo, none of those
2: movies. Right.
1: Right.
0: Uh, so probably won't be any honorable mentions this week,
1: I can't imagine. Star Wars seems... Christmas special, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> the Ewok adventure. Yeah. Uh,
0: Dad, why don't you start us uh, off? You here? know,
1: I, um, I, uh, I'll preface this with saying that I am a Star Wars nerd. I love mm-hmm. all the Star Wars movies. Yeah, you know even even the you're ba- not you're even,
0: not you're not the nerd that me and Rocky are I, well I that's, that's so. where I'm going first
1: because yeah. you guys are even worse than me the for, for the audience out there Rocky and Michael have one of the most extensive extensive Star Wars action figure collections <laughs> in the world I think and we still have them in the basement all yep. the time action- and now my granddaughter plays with them but I even the even the other movies like Mike you know Rogue one solo I love those movies yeah and yeah. I know everybody bashes the the, the middle three um, which was the prequel, I guess. Yeah, the prequels. Um, yes. they were fine. They weren't great, but they were fine. They, they were definitely movies I would pay to see. Mm-hmm. Here's my list. All right, all right. number nine <laughs> is uh, Phantom Menace. Um, again, it was it was a pretty good movie. I, I can't say anything bad about them. I, I did hate Jar Jar Binks. I didn't mm-hmm. like that that character at all. But I thought it was good. It was a good way to kind of introduce everything. Um, number eight for me was um, Attack of the Clones. Um, uh, the only th- they had a great cast in that movie, and it was I thought it was kind of wasted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. But you know, again, it was there. The number seven for me is Last Jedi. Um, that was to me a little drawn out, a little boring. Uh, and I guess they had to do that to set up the, the final one. But right. uh, but it was it was number seven for me. Yep. Number six for me: Revenge, uh, Revenge of the Sith. That yeah. was my favorite of the middle three. And only because I thought the um, you know finally the Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, Darth Vader thing kind of came together. Right, right, at right. At that um, number five to me was the Rise of Skywalker, which I thought was I guess it was it was not the last movie made in the in the trilogy in the not nine the three trilogy yeah series right. yeah. But it was uh, again a pretty good way to wrap things up. Yeah. Number four for me, which um, a lot of people think is the is the number one movie, is Empire Strikes Back. Okay. It was a great movie. It was a great movie. It was just out of the first three, it was my least favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three for me was Return of the Jedi. And again, I thought that was a great way to end the first trilogy. It was like, Some of the graphics were a little hokey, especially towards the end when they were... Kind of like ghosts. Ah, uh, <laughs> <But>, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, uh, number two for That's, me. Uh, uh,
0: Harrison Ford uh, hated that because he called it uh, like an Ewok uh, Christmas, or what do you call it, Ewok yeah. birthday party. Yeah. Part. Well, you know, Finn I did Ford's
1: like it part. because it introduced the Ewoks, which I thought was, <laughs> yeah, was yeah. you know, uh, uh, they were great characters, especially for the kids. Yeah, yeah. Num- number two for me was The, uh, the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. the first of the last trilogy. And I just, I, to me, uh, Ray was one of my favorite characters ever. And I thought that um, Finn and Poe and Kylo Ren were just very, very good defined characters. And I thought that was a great way to launch that new one. You know, especially after the middle, the middle three came out. It was almost like, yeah, what are we, what are we going to see here? Yeah, it just came, came on like a. a, a, a hand grenade hitting it. it was so good right 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 um and number 1 for me is new hope the first one yep. that to me is it's when I, I when i watch a, a a series of movies it's got something's got to be unbelievably good to to beat the first one because it's and, and again i was back when the first one came out i was in college it was mm-hmm. people were lining up around the blocks to see this movie it was something yeah. that was never done before really so it really had a, an impact on my life i thought it was a great movie um that's my list. All right. Is Dad putting the same movie for
2: number one and number two? What
0: do you mean? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, p- p- the exact same. No, it's not. That's why movie. I like them so much. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I know.
2: Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: I'll go, I'll go next here. Uh, hey, Rock, I'm consistent.
2: That's fair. Yeah. That's true.
0: Yeah, you, you like what you like. Yeah. I gotta appreciate that. Uh, all right, so for me, starting at the bottom, uh, number nine for me is Rise of Skywalker. I... Hated that movie. I thought really? it was a treacherous way to end. I thought it was awful. It was horribly paced. Nothing met like they did the thing where fifty times they like pretended to kill a character and then like the guy came back five <laughs> minutes later. Like, yep. like they just wanted to like do these shocking things without any of the actual consequences involved in it. Mm-hmm. It was so much of uh, you know, even at the end of the movie, like they're setting things up for other things that like aren't coming or don't really make sense or don't fit. You know, And, like, I understand that's kind of how, like, modern movies are with those sorts of things. I I, I just I, – I really didn't like it. I haven't watched it since the first time I saw it in theaters, so this might change eventually. Maybe I'll see it again. Maybe I'll, you know, realize some things I liked better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought it was – t- and if nothing – it also solidified to me that the new trilogy, they had no idea what they – there was no overarching story. They had no idea what they were doing with everything. It was one of the most disappointed I've ever left a movie theater. Okay. The most disappointed was Die Hard 5. Die Hard 5 was a But <laughs> besides that... Um, number eight for me is uh, Phantom Menace. Same sorts of things you were saying, Dad, but it's not... But it's you're right. This is like, all right. So already we're at the second to last movie. And it's like, I'll still watch this every time it's on TV. Right. Like There's still redeeming qualities of it. Uh, the Duel of the Fates was incredible. Right. I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff that's in there if you get past all the, the, the bad, you know, the, the slightly worse stuff.
1: One thing, um, the, number seven, the, the young Skywalker was poorly cast in those movies. I thought he was that kid was not very good. Jake yeah, I, I did. not. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I did not think he was particularly good in yeah. it. I understand he's a child actor, but like there's yeah. good child actors right.
1: like I don't know. That's he was trying. fine in Jingle All the Way.
2: <laughs>
0: he was great in Jingle yeah, All the Way. Yeah, a brilliant That's performance. True. Bad directing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger to work. That's against, true. So it's That's not, true. you know, it's tougher. Uh number seven for me is attack of the clones uh you know just a hair above phantom menace uh i did like you know some of the stuff that they did in that you know you get a little more of uh the in his prime obi-wan kenobi which i love that stuff's all great christopher lee was a great addition to the cast uh then number six for me is force awakens which probably would have been higher for me before rise of skywalker but again it kind of just like it showed they didn't really have an idea for an overarching story, and that kind of you know dings the individual movie itself. I very much like that movie. I, again, I still watch it all the time when it's on. Watching it in the theater for the first time was unbelievable. It was really great. It was really reminded you what Star Wars was. Um, you know, in hindsight, it's it gets a little bit worse every time you watch it. I think to me, uh, and that dings it a little. Oh, bit. I
1: like it, especially when especially when Harrison Ford and and, and uh, Chewbacca show up.
0: Yeah, it's great. Look, I, I really like the movie, but it's just... Yeah. Uh, then number five for me is Revenge of the Sith. Uh, like you were saying, Dad, all the, the Anakin and Obi-Wan stuff kind of come to a head. Uh, I did think that the the lightsaber fight between the two of them at the end is the best lightsaber fight in, yes, in the series. Really great. Um, number four is Last Jedi. I thought this movie was really good. Uh, I understand it was different, but that's kind of what I liked about it. I just, just love Ryan Johnson's style. I thought it was very funny. I kind of liked that, you know, a lot of the things that the heroes were doing didn't work like that. That did work for me, like as a a viewer of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, you know, Ryan Johnson gets a lot of blame for a lot of that stuff, but like he didn't put Luke Skywalker on that Island. Like that was, he had to deal with it from what JJ Abrams did at the end of his movie. Um, so that was so now we're starting at getting up to number three and I haven't said any of the original trilogy yet. and I did all the six movies of the original ones uh, so number three for me is Return of the Jedi uh, I almost flipped this in Last Jedi at three and four but I was really thinking about I'm like when I watch Return of the Jedi I'm just I'm happier than I am when I'm watching Last Jedi so <laughs> yeah. it's just uh, that's, that's you know that's got of it and I'm sure part of it is because that's probably the movie I've seen more in my life than any other movie I remember, you know, when we were kids and it was like, I couldn't go to sleep. I'd go downstairs and I'd throw in the VHS yep. of Return of the Jedi. I've seen that, the Tatooine scene for Return of the Jedi a hundred times. Yep, number one insomnia
2: movie, for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, number two, A New Hope. You're right, you know, the one that started started everything. Really great movie.
2: You know, you were saying such a
0: uh, an absolute phenomenon. And then number one for me, Empire Strikes Back. I know it's like the one that everybody says, but... Sometimes there's a reason everybody says it. True, yeah. that's,
2: that's, that's yeah you know, That's just the best one yep. to me. All, all right. right, good. Not a terrible list, but, you know, still pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right, so, uh, so number nine for me, uh, last is Phantom Menace. Um, yeah, you know, not a lot that still needs to be said about this movie. <clears throat> it's not great. You know, it's not the worst movie ever made, but... Um, I think it's easy to forget how boring that movie is and how there's a lot of stuff that just kind of goes nowhere. I mean, the whole pod race is, like, a decent set piece, but, like, it's not needed. All the stuff about the Trade Federation and, like, the deals that are going on, like, doesn't really matter. Really, the only thing of consequence that happens in this movie is Obi-Wan meeting Anakin Skywalker. Like, even the main villain, Darth Maul, dies at the end, and they don't even mention him in any of the other movies. So... Um, you know, I, I, I kind of respect it because it tried to do something a little different. I think that the next two movies in the prequels obviously improved upon that. You know, Jar Jar Binks was not a good idea. There were a lot of bad ideas in this movie. But lightsaber, you know, sequence at the end was really good. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn was pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's it's the last one. Uh, number eight for me is The Last Jedi. Um, I was very disappointed in this movie. Um, I Really, when I, when I saw The Force Awakens, I saw that, you know, obviously it, it mirrored uh, A New Hope's general plot. It, it brought back a lot of stuff from that trilogy. And I was really hoping that The Last Jedi would diverge from that a little bit. And it did, but... In directions that I thought were kind of some of the same complaints I have about the Phantom Menace. I felt like a lot of stuff happened to that movie that I didn't care about, that didn't matter. New characters were introduced that went nowhere. Characters that have been introduced in The Force Awakens, their plots went nowhere. Like I thought that Finn was completely wasted in that movie um, and never really recovered. So, um, yeah, I mean, I get it was different. I don't think I just disliked it because it was different. I think that there was a lot of it that I really, really disliked quite a bit. I actually liked all the stuff with Rey and Luke Skywalker. That was kind of the only bit of it that I really enjoyed. And the throne room scene with the big lightsaber battle with the guards. Yes. I loved. But honestly, what would have made me like the movie a lot more is if when Kylo Ren offers to Rey to join the dark side, that Rey says yes, and then in the next movie, is her kind of like finding her way back to the light side. As soon as she said no, I was like, oh, okay, they're just going to do the exact same thing they did in the... Like, like I need to see something a little bit different thematically. But it felt like they didn't really do that, so it felt like a
1: real letdown for me. It almost seemed like they got a little lazy with those last three because they knew they'd make a billion dollars each. Yes!
2: Yeah, I completely yeah. agree with that. And, honestly, I can say, yeah. and, and that kind of leads into number seven for me, which is The Force Awakens, which, as I said before, is very much the same plot of A New Hope. Um, And I think the disappointing thing about The Force Awakens for me was... They could have had the Star Wars franchise go in any direction they wanted... And instead they basically said, let's forget about us wiping out the Empire. Let's just put in a new villain that's exactly the same as the one that we had before and have a very kind of similar story. Um, So that was a real letdown for me. I I really wanted to see them do something different. Say what you will about the prequels, but at least it was a completely
1: different story and a completely different structure. Just Um, to let you know, know, your four-year-old niece, that's her favorite Star Wars movie.
2: That's not the vote of confidence that you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> um. Alright, so next one after that is Rise of Skywalker Actually my favorite of the sequels I think part of the reason is because It seemed to recognize a lot of the problems I had with The Last Jedi and just kind of forgot About them, so I kind of give it points yeah, for that
0: Yeah, see that's, that, I, I saw a, a, a thing after it came out and it was Like uh, uh, the credits afterwards And it said, uh, written by Reddit And I thought that was very <laughs> funny because it was like <laughs> It was like, all oh, like the Well, you know, Rey actually isn't Nobody,
2: actually she's
0: a Yeah, to, you
2: know, I, like, I, right? th- I think I think that that movie of the three probably had um some of the biggest blunders in it like the whole like palpatine coming back just like oh he's suddenly back like that was stupid that was incredibly stupid but i did think that after they established that stuff hastily that there's actually a pretty good movie that comes out of it i think the final battle scene at the end is pretty good i think what they did with palpatine with him kind of being like hooked up to these machines in this like setting like i think aesthetically it just works for me again i don't think that there's a ton to love about the sequels, I think that they were kind of soulless, kind of Disney-fied. But if I were to re-watch any of them, I'd want to re-watch that one the most. Next for me is Attack of the Clones. I think kind of an underrated movie. I kind of like the Obi-Wan, like, detective noir type of stuff. Um, I think the third act is pretty good. You know, like you like you said, introducing Christopher oh, well, yeah. Lee. is a great character. Um, you know, the Yoda lightsaber scene. I, it still kind of gets me. I think it was pretty fun. Um so I'm with you. Yeah, so I think that's that, that's where I really start to get into like Star Wars movies that are really fun for me to watch that really have, you know, the stuff that really reminds me of of you know Star Wars. Attack of the Clones really has a lot of that. Even if the Padme Anakin stuff, it doesn't always work. Um Revenge of the Sith, closest that any of these non-original trilogy movies got to being an original trilogy movie. It showed us all what we wanted to see, which is how Anakin becomes Darth Vader. It really felt like the first two prequel movies were just building up to this one. This okay. was always going to be the best of them, um, right. and it was. It's the most memorable one. Um, again, not perfect. Definitely has its issues, but it, it is the most complete of all of the non-original trilogy movies.
0: And I will, I will say, I also think I think Hayden Christensen was a little under, underrated by people as
2: yeah, I, he, as Anakin. Yeah, I, I think he was good. he was fine. Yeah, I thought he was mostly fine. He, he was he's good. A, a good actor who has spent the entire rest of his career convincing people that he is not as bad as he was. In the Star Wars movies, I almost kind <laughs> right. of feel sometimes, bad for him because he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, sometimes it's just you know what? There was bad dialogue written, and it's impossible <laughs> yeah. to deliver this yeah. with
0: like any sort of you know. Right.
2: It's like you know what? Natalie Portman's dialogue was pretty bad in those movies too, and for some reason, people don't look at her the same way. She's still a great actress. True. So That's true. No. Yeah. Uh, all right. Now for the original trilogy. So number three coming in for me is a New Hope. Um, so I actually rewatched all the original Star Wars movies last year Like I found the original non-special edition versions online Oh wow I watched them all I found that A New Hope I mean look it's still a great movie It was the one that kind of got to me the least Maybe because I've just seen it so much It's almost like The Wizard of Oz It's like a fairy tale Everybody knows the story of it So it didn't have as big an impact on me Still a great movie Could still probably quote the entire thing But I guess it's just not as interesting to me As Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back are at this point Number two for me is Return of the Jedi. Very underrated movie. People love to talk about the Ewoks. Um, I think that the third act of that movie might be the best act of any Star Wars movie. Just with the whole attack on the Death Star and... and I I, I think it's a better Death Star attack scene than in A New Hope. Uh, I think that there's more going on. There's higher stakes. The whole throne room scene with Luke finally confronting Vader with the Emperor is such an epic end to the series. Um, And the whole Jabba's palace sequence at the beginning is also a great first act. So the Ewoks slow things down a little bit. I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people say. It's it's a nice little break in between two very uh, intense acts, I think. And it works well as a film.
0: And it is; it, they are kids' movies. I yes. Mean, yeah. I mean, they really are. I mean, like, I understand they did it like so they could sell like Ewok toys. But like, that's because kids like Ewok toys. Right. Like, I fine.
2: I think people don't like the Ewoks because they know that they could have gotten Wookies, and it's like, yeah, but you know what? Right. We got Ewoks, and the Ewoks are fine too. So. Right. Like, it was fine. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Just because it wasn't like the best thing, like, yeah. doesn't mean it wasn't bad. And honestly, bad. the
2: stuff with the with the uh, Ewoks and C three PO, where they like make him their king, it's like it's actually kind of a funny sequence. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah this there's, there's some, there's some underrated stuff, right. bits. There is
0: some good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And and honestly,
2: the Ewoks like fighting back against the big, uh, you know, vehicles with rocks and stuff. Like right, I don't right. know, it's just kind of an endearing sequence. Yeah, I like, think like, it. Is
0: it a little dumb that like the two logs can absolutely crush,
2: uh, you know, an ATST? Like, yeah, yeah a little, yeah, bit, but like it, whatever. It, it's yeah,
0: still fun. it's the only
2: time in those movies that we really get to see like technology versus like you know some tribal low tech, right. you know, kind right, of force. Right. And I think it works. And yeah, then it's Avatar before Avatar, right? Exactly, and you know, much better than Avatar. Sure. Um, and coming in number one for me obviously Empire Strikes Back um, basically the perfect Star Wars movie you know kind of ends on a down note you know it, it, to me I think it's probably the perfect middle trilogy film um, it really builds on the previous film, but does something completely different. It opens up the world in a very new way. It perfectly sets up the third movie. Ends on a bunch of cliffhangers. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see anything else about Empire Strikes Back. Everybody knows how great a movie it is, and for me, it's the best Star Wars movie that's ever been made. And and on top of that, also
0: like Empire Strikes Back also introduces Yoda and yeah, it, and not only that, like I know it all. Lando it all gets like Boba Fett, well, right? Lando also gets uh, gets introduced there. And, you know, it all gets, like, kind of in- uh, jumbled together. But, like, the Imperial March wasn't in A New Hope. Like, right. that was made for Empire Strikes Back. Like, there was even, like, new
2: music for
0: it that was, like, you know, yeah. so iconic and everything.
2: Yep. The Emperor was seen for the first time. Like, when I talk about expanding right. the world, it's like a lot of stuff people associate with Star Wars is actually from Empire
1: Strikes Back. Right. Good list. Good list. Yep. We're, yeah, all, you know, we, we weren't that really... far off. We were, weren't that far off, all of us. Just... Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah you, some, you, some you guys came close things. to being right.
0: There were specific things that were uh, far off, but, you know, like, like you guys liking Rise of Skywalker for some reason. But besides that. <laughs> I, I, look, yeah, I will mostly, say, mostly when I was
2: watching cool. Rise of Skywalker, I was like, I'm enjoying this, but absolutely understand how other people don't like it. Like, there's a very thin line. It tried something, I think, very different. It really, like, washed over the previous movie in the series. I liked that, but I get how
1: people could yeah. say it was just a disaster. I totally get that. I was surprised it. that you guys put uh, the Force Awakens so far down. I really like that movie.
2: I think yeah, it I could just, have been better if it led to something better, but all I see it is now is like a lazy attempt to just redo a New Hope. Like they weren't, well, they clearly weren't going anywhere exciting with that. So I ranked it yeah, lower. I,
1: it kind of set And, up and, and I'm also toe. like,
0: but not real. like yeah. sort of. Like I get, you know, in a sense that it's like. It set up the next two, and that like the next ones came next, but not yeah. like and, and, an actual, you know, yeah. coherent story. That's why I'm like I know, I, I the like the, the prequels. Like even though I think the the. Movies kind of all put together might even be worse than than the movies put together of the new ones. Like I'm still happier the prequels were made yeah. because it's a much more cohesive story. I would love to see the prequels remade. Actually, like that'd be that, interesting. That overarching yeah. story, but with yeah, competent uh, writers. It, and it'll actors. it'll never. I mean, it'll never happen. Right, right, right. But just like yeah, a different writer who kind of takes that and can you know do something different with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. That's going to do for guys. us this week.
0: Uh. Yeah. So you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lotuito. You can follow Rocky on Twitter at RockyLotito, or you can follow the podcast at Our Dad Is Wrong. Wherever you go through yes. your podcast. And wherever wherever you go. Yeah. If you're listening. <laughs> wherever your
1: podcast, fine podcasts you know. are sold. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. All right, guys. All right, everybody, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week with some more scintillating talk.
2: All right. <laughs> Take care, everyone.
1: Love you guys.
0: Love you guys. Bye bye.